Hello, 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 and welcome to season two of the Africa Football Showdown. Now, you know, I just want to start off by saying a big thank you to all of you who are part of season one, who made it such a success. Thank you so very much. And because we enjoyed making the program that much and you enjoyed watching it, guess what? We've come up with season two. This is episode episode one, rather. I'm so excited of season two. The Africa Football Showdown, your one-stop shop for everything African football. My name, of course, is Peter Opoche. I'm joined by none other than um, my sidekick, uh, Daniel Dadzi, uh, wingman, if you like. Daniel, by the way, Am I your sidekick uh -huh. or are you my sidekick? <laughs> does this sound does this sound nice to you when you call me when you call yourself a sidekick? Big man like Peter Okoche. <laughs> I'm, I'm just asking, bro. I mean, I'm I'm asking. Asking. Anyway, how you have been? Open, sorry. And then side. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, nowadays the news going around, you have to be careful. I'm I'm good. Good, good. It's good to hear from you. Um, I'm still stuck in Nigeria. Well, not stuck in Nigeria. I'm here, you know, because I want to be. I'm actually sitting in the newsroom. So if you hear any background noise, because that's a newsroom working behind me. But hey, it's great to be back for season two, isn't it? It's awesome. Season one was amazing, despite the, the few heartbreaks. Um, my high points will still be watching you more in Nigeria, but... Uh, we are here for season two, and I can't my wait for point, another my another. High point, my high point would be Ghana leaving the Nations Cup before Nigeria. Still, the drama is not Afghan, bro. Still, the drama is not Let's not let's <laughs> not start season two on a wrong footing, okay? But you know, the biggest story, the biggest story in uh, the football world today is the four-month ban that has been handed to Paul Pogba. You know, uh, it's a doping ban. He's been banned for four years, starting from last September. Paul Pogba, of course, you know, um, World Cup winner with France, plays for Juventus, ex-Manchester United player, one of the most recognizable players in the world. He's now been banned for four years, meaning that if he loses his appeal, which he's likely to appeal, he cannot play football again till he's 33 years. What do you make of the whole story, Dan? Given the given the career arc of footballers, if the appeal does not go through, Peter, it might be the end of a career for of top flight football for for Paul Pogba. I think it's a very sad end to a career that was too plagued by controversy. There was no reason in my mind why Pogba should have been as problematic as he was. Like, throughout his career, can you imagine being one of the most expensive signings to Manchester United and leaving as a free transfer? Think, think about it. You come to Manchester United over 70-something million and you go back to Juventus as a free transfer. That should really, really put in perspective for you between 2016 and 2022 what happened with Paul Pogba. And I don't think this just started now. The controversies, the controversies did not just start now. For me, well, if you're going to ask me, the simple answer is I was saddened. Of course, I mean, it saddens all of us because we know what a magnificent 
footballer. He is a great athlete, um, a wonderful ambassador of the game when he's playing very well, or more like a wonderful advertisement of the game. Uh, but, you know, he also had his injury problems. Yes, he had problems with, the, I don't know whether it was the coach or the management at uh, Manchester United and, you know, then wasn't playing well and wasn't playing regularly, then moved to Juve and as he went back to Juve, became injured again and had only come back to play a couple of matches before he was randomly tested and tested positive, you know. And if it means the end of his career, then it would be a really sad end for what had the potential to be one of the greatest footballing careers anywhere in the world. Yeah, but in terms of one of the greatest footballing careers that we could have seen, Peter, we were far from that in 2022 when he went to Juventus in the first place. We were very far from that. Think about national team football. Think okay. about his record for Manchester United. Yes, he was playing for the French national team when they won, but we all know that was a victory that we can more attribute to Mbappe than Pogba. You know, he, well, should, I mean, he should have been that. He, at Manchester United, he was accused of playing better for France. Anytime he played for France, that when he played for his club side. You have a point there. However, how well was he playing for France overall? You know, it's it's better than Manchester United, but still doesn't, for me, look like the potential that M M Pogba had. And it was just unfortunate. I always said that when Manu sacked Mourinho, I felt they were choosing Pogba over Mourinho. And I felt mm -hmm. like that was one of their biggest mistakes of the club. And posterity has, has you know, proved me to be right. Because in the end, that team has never been the same since then. You know, sometimes when the players come in, you put so much trust in them there are some players you want to feel bad for. Take like a Romelu Lukaku. He wasn't, he didn't shine the best that he should. But off the pitch, his attitude made you still endear yourself to him. Remember when Torres had his dark days in Liverpool? He still, you know, showed those signs of brilliance. Even in the days where Robin van Persie was so injury, injury prone, he could not string a season together. He still, when he was on the pitch, showed that attitude of someone who could bring it together. Unfortunately, Pogba, for most of his career, when he left Juventus for Manchester United and back to Juventus, didn't show us some of that brilliance that we all knew he was capable of. And then the controversy came with his brother, and then this doping thing. I'm f I feel bad for him. Honestly, I feel like I always have a problem with um, with footballers or athletes when you're at the top of your game and then you start, you know, going into fashion and music and digressing from your craft and stuff like that. You know, and he did it. And, you know, another person who closely comes to mind, I mean, not for any kind of doping, but whose career went south after he started getting himself involved in all sorts of things was somebody like, uh, you know, Gabon captain. You know, and I just feel you need to stay focused. You need to stay focused on your game and on your craft. Anyway, listen, let's move from uh, Pogba. There are other things that we can be talking about. And talking about Pogba in Syria are, guess who found his scoring boots again during the week? 
<laughs> Not other than crypto <laughs> No, Peter, I, I have to ask you, the, how do you feel seeing this happen when it took him, what, 24 shots to find one goal for Nigeria in the AFCON? And now he's banging it for Napoli. How do you feel now? I mean, don't forget that just last week he scored against uh, Barcelona in the Champions League and now a hat-trick of goals in uh, in um, uh, Syria are. And, you know, I mean, and it's given Napoli, his team, a lift again because don't forget that Napoli were actually 27 points behind league leaders. And that's the worst position for a defending champion at this time of the season in the Italian league. But, you know, I mean, Victor is scoring again. Is it enough to, you know, go bridge the gap and make... I, I don't even know if we can talk about winning the Scudetto this, league, this season, but, you know, is it enough to make it into Champions League football? I, I'm happy for him that he's finding his form. I think he should leave Napoli, though. That's my controversial opinion. Well, I mean, they've put uh, they've put uh, um, a release clause of about £105 on him. I'm sure somebody somewhere will be willing to dig into their back pocket and bring that kind of money out for him, as long as he keeps scoring at least till the end of, of, of the season. But at least... You mean 105 have... million, right? You mean 105 million, right? Yes. Yeah. Some people have it in... Yeah, because you said 105 million. No, you said 105 pounds. That was this. I would pay the release clause and let him play for second day 11. I beg your pardon. Some people have that in their back pocket. They just bring it out and pay. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. If you think Osimen should mm -hmm. be moving, where, where do you think he should be moving to? Um, I, I, my, my heart tells me England, and it will hurt me. I don't think that we have like a place for him in Liverpool, but I, I think he would do very well with the current Chelsea setup. I, I, I don't know. I, the way I see it, maybe it's because he's been connected with, to Chelsea so much. I think that with a Simon in front, Chelsea can really, you know, put up that masterclass performance that was lacking when they played against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup final. You know, even even though they pulled that draw against Manchester City, you could see that, look, it's it's just a matter of finding the net at the right, getting the right striker who can position himself well to find the net when it's needed. I, I spent most of yesterday discussing how people like Ellen Haaland get it right all the time. And I think that with him, is that kind of player who has the potential, you know, with the right midfield setup because he has good positioning. He, he has, like, he has ball sense. When, when he was playing in Afghan, you can tell, like, the man has ball sense. The man knows when to track back. The man knows when to take on yeah. defenders. I'm the man knows like, when to create. I'm kind of, like, surprised that you haven't mentioned the uh, Osimhen coming to Arsenal. You know, I, you know, it's my controversial opinion um, about Arsenal from last year when you guys bottled the last Premiership. That oh, I don't please. think it's a matter oh, of please. new firepower. It's not a matter of new firepower. You look, look, you guys have excuse me, you guys have England's best strikers. You guys have a wonder kid in the name of Edin Ketia. When you even like it for a Thomas party on a good day, he's not injury prone. 
he can link a good pass or he, or he can score a good goal. So I, I, when you keep when you keep packing the front like that, I'm afraid of another Darwin Nunes situation. You mm. get me? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you know the multiple firepower for of of. of any striker is what Arsenal needs. I think Osimhen needs to go somewhere that, first of all, he, where the setup is ready for him. You get me? Yeah. And, you know, he can he can fit seamlessly into the team. He can write a good story. It's true that Chelsea has not really been Chelsea for a while. But from the last few games that I've seen, they're definitely ready for something new, you know, to put them in front. I like what you said there. You know, Chelsea has not been Chelsea for a while. Long may that last. <laughs> but you just mentioned uh, Thomas Partey now, you know, um, he's back in training. Good news. Controversial opinion. Partey may be one of those strike, one of those players, like one of those Van Persie players. Like, uh, Partey is that guy that I trust, even if he's been out or off the field for, for months. When he comes back, you still feel his impact. Like, there's no question. And watch, watch Thomas Partey when he has a full season in Arsenal. I'll say this. I'm not saying it because I'm getting. Watch him when he has a full season in Arsenal. When he has, like, a complete, no problem, no headlines, no, um, no injury, nothing, just football. You will see what Arsenal will do for this, for this, for this country. Honestly, Charlie... He's back in... Um... He's back in training. The boys love him. Um, the, the manager loves him. He loves the club. So I think, I mean, let, let's hope he just gets a few good runs. I mean, it's just that Arsenal are doing quite um, doing so well in the league now uh, with um, Declan Rice and they are changing Jorginho and other players around Declan Rice. I mean, let's hope he still fits in because I'd love to see Declan Rice and um, Partey play together in that midfield, you know. And so Declan Rice can move forward a bit more and help Odegaard a bit more. But um, that brings us to the Premier League. Quite an exciting run into the end of the season. Uh, 12 games to go, if you count this weekend. 12 games to go. And, you know, three teams fighting for that trophy. And it's the closest it's ever been in the history of the Premier League. I think it reflects the kind of quality that the Premier League has seen in in a few you know in in a number of seasons you have you have manchester city that has you know that very obvious firepower that you know de bruyne Haaland combination you could pack me and you behind them and and they would win a game you know but they still have the, the kind of quality that they have behind them um i think arsenal and liverpool have come to the party I am impressed that, like, as a Liverpool fan, I'm impressed we are surviving without Salah. If you look at the last two games that we played, we basically strung together a group of youngsters. I mean, Arsene Wenger would be proud of the, of the past two teams that we played. Um, did you see what the boys did? And there's this, bro, there's this kid, Trignoni. Mm-hmm. No, please, I make a Google and make a CCA. I get yes, Trignoni. He's 16 years, 243 days, and Who he came, came on. Yes, yes, Debbie. He's he's, he's British by I, way of I Zimbabwe. I looked at him and I said, This boy should still be in primary school. <laughs> 
That's how young he looked. Yes. He looked like a small kid. You know, some 16-year-olds look grown up. He looked like a 13-year-old kid going into that pitch against Liverpool. But, you know, I mean, it, it just goes to, to show what Jurgen Klopp has done for that Liverpool side. You know, even their win against um, Chelsea in the uh, uh, over the weekend in the Carabao Cup final, yeah. you know, Chelsea had more experienced players. Liverpool had at least five players who were 20 and under and had never played at that level before, and yet they won that game. Yes, it was uh, Virgil van Dijk that scored the header, but, you know, those were kids that he was playing with. I mean, this guy probably has three first teams in Liverpool's dressing room. You know, it's amazing what Klopp has done. What, what, what I'm seeing in terms of this being Klopp's final season and this being Klopp's exit is that he's also showing off his depth. You get yeah. it. Like, yeah. He's also showing off, okay, so I didn't just come and focus on Salah and focus on Firmino and focus on money. Like, this is what I'm leaving with you guys. I feel like if Klopp leaves and Liverpool bottles it, it's not Klopp's fault because he definitely left us. Look, Jaden Dance. Jaden Dance scored a brace. This was his yeah. first goal for Liverpool. He's played three games. Three games he's and he scored twice. He scored two goals. He's won one trophy. And then there was the boy, Kumas. His name sounds like a town in Ghana, Kumase. Kumas. Kumas, another very young boy who scored against Southampton. Granted, it wasn't a game against Manchester City yeah. or, you know, or Arsenal. It was Southampton. But still, the confidence to find the net in those small margins, bro, like, I'm so impressed. And I can only wish the best for Trignoni. Look, it's, it's amazing to see. He's now the youngest player that Liverpool has ever fielded in the FA Cup, which is, which is what we played against Southampton. And I'm hoping that the big boys come back. You know, the, the team is very injury prone. But I also have that confidence that these these kids can hold the fort. But, you know, it's not only them. It's what Arsenal is doing as well. You know, Arsenal scoring for fun. It's what Manchester City are doing. I mean, there's only two points separating those three teams with 12 games to go to the end of the, the, the season. It's a really exciting time in the Premier League. Now, I mean, I know which team I chose um, at the end of, uh, to, to, at the beginning of the season to win the league. I'm still sticking with uh, to my guns. I still think it's possible. Um, have you changed your own mind? Who do you think is going to win? Oh, no, honestly, at the beginning of this season, I wanted Arsenal to have it because I felt like they deserved it after the last season. And after they bottled it. But since Klopp announced that he's leaving, my mind has changed. Will they win one giver, make you go? Like, make we just chop one giver, make you hold go. Yeah, yeah honestly, because of, you know, of course. Of course. I'm a, I'm a team ultra. <laughs> I know that. Listen, man, I mean, it, 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 let's just hope we have as great a run into the end of the Premier League as we're predicting. I was going to ask you, have you been keeping up with the um, with the women's Olympic qualifiers for Paris next year? Yeah, you know something? It caught my attention. I want to give a shout-out to this woman, Frida Isi. Frida Isi was, like, 
she was this woman on instagram doing all of these skill trick shots and stuff yeah. like that um she plays i forgot in the club like she was in chelsea but i think she plays in charlton now and she you know joined the black queens they've been doing very well so that's what caught my eye um currently i know that the black queens drew their last game against zambia zambia which has the most expensive female player in the world right now and um yeah so it's it, it was it was going to be daunting we lost the first game one nil and then we drew the second game three three if my memory serves me well i know the super falcons were also were also on show this this week peter i mean for the super falcons they beat um, cameroon uh the indomitable lionesses one nil in um, their second leg here in abuja during the week i think that was on monday after drawing the first leg over the weekend in Cameroon. So, I mean, the Super Falcons are through to the next stage. They'll be playing South Africa's Bayana Bayana next. And it was a good game. You know, I didn't get to, to go to the stadium. I mean, the, 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 the gates were thrown open, so people were going there for free. The crowd was quite sparse. But I caught highlights of it on TV. And Nigeria had almost its full complement of, um, of uh, women's internationals. It, it, it was a, a really low-scoring goal. Uh, low, low scoring game but it, it looked like a like a, a pretty decent game so you know the girls are back at it you know the world cup last year was really exciting in new zealand and um, australia and let's hope that you know whatever teams qualify from africa at the olympics uh, next year in paris um you know do us proud i mean i think it's time for our female teams to um start winning big competitions outside of the continent True, true. Look, um, and, and just a quick correction. Frida, she does play for Charleston Athletic, but she used to play for Arsenal, not um, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, look, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I watched that game between Nigeria and New Zealand yes. when, um, when they played in the World Cup. And it was a very exciting one. Everyone wrote Nigeria off. Oshuala showed her her brilliance in that game um i can't wait to see what comes when we when the the qualified team land in paris i hope it's ghana you know the the ghana coach the black queens coach has been enjoying sort of like a moment like how the england lionesses coach was where we were comparing her number of games and number of wins to her male counterpart and they were like look let's give her the black stars she can do she looks like she can do a much better job than chris hilton could yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. You know, let's make some history because currently, speaking of which, we are trying to select a new coach for those for those black stars, bro. I mean, I thought they were going to be announcing a coach sometime this week for the black stars. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Um, what I heard was Oto Ado, who took us to the World Cup. Yeah. is sort of um he played the world cup qualifiers with us and took us with the world, to the world cup he is sort of in the lead he did best in the interviews and i'm like bro he did not do well in that world cup yes he qualified us over nigeria with an away goal but still i don't yeah. think that's that that's 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 it's an informative podcast so i have to inform <laughs> I yeah. the viewers and listeners I think we can call it a day then
This one I want to do it this way. Can we all turn our flashlights on?